Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you, Sutter. <laughs> I thought you were going to try to attempt to say the actual character's name. I was like, I was waiting for Fjol- it. I'm like, oh, Jimmy's... Maybe. I think it's Fjolnir. Mjolnir. Fjolnir? I, uh, there's probably an F and a J in there. If I yeah, let me guess. I mean, F-J-U-L-N-A-R-O-R? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up though right now to see what it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, hence Jimmy's opening. We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of the Northman as well as Moon Knight episode four. Oh yeah. <laughs> That one movie podcast. Tom. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Alrighty, I'm still looking for this Fjolnir spelling, okay. so I'm working on that. You can just you can just get <laughs> us going, though. Alright, well, uh, first things first. Uh, we missed a trailer last week, so we're going to make up for it this week. Uh, we have the Stranger Things Season 4 trailer. I think this is the first like f- like full-length trailer we've had. We've had several teasers here and there, um, but here we have actual three-minute trailer. Um, obviously, Stranger Things Season 4, it's going to be split into two parts like we've talked about before. First part coming out end of next month, and second part beginning of July, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, what'd you think of this trailer, Jimmy? Uh, it makes it, so season five is the end, right? So this, Mm -hmm. this almost feels like it's maybe part one of four, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) part, the first half of season four will probably be the first of this four part two season finale. It seems like Mm -hmm. the trailer made it out to be, uh, the reason I believe they split it into two parts would be for Emmy nomination reasons you're oh, eligible like better call Saul yeah you're eligible for both uh, years so they must be pretty confident in that and Fjolnir is FJO with the, the two <laughs> dots over it L-N-I-R isn't that an umlaut or something I don't know Holden I don't know they have it in Europe uh, <laughs> uh, Fjolnir so I got the FJ part so you know that counts for something okay good job yes thank you um yeah i mean this trailer to me it's i think it's very exciting i like the music choice of uh, separate ways by journey used very effectively um it it looks like i mean production value for the show has always been very high but it looks like it's even higher with this one have a lot of very large sets and especially with like the russian prison and um very good looking special effects from what we can see um yeah i don't know just overall it's looking good all the characters are back they're in high school now thank goodness 
There's a, <laughs> there, there are big, colorful clouds in the sky, and there's a big CGI humanoid monster thing. So, you know, yeah. it check, ticks all the boxes for Stranger <laughs> Things. And then there's like some a- mystery element with Eleven. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got you got everything. I forgot that she loses her powers at the end of season three, I guess. She does? I, yeah, I don't I, remember really anything. <laughs> Figure yeah, I I think I'm going to rewatch season three at least before this. I've seen the first two seasons a couple times, so maybe I might not need to do that. But I want to rewatch season three. I think she loses her powers because she mentions that in the trailer. She's like, I don't have my powers anymore. So I, either that's a new plot point or it's something from the end of season three that I just don't remember very well. Yeah, I think I'll watch a recap video for Stranger Things. Yeah, fair. When is this coming out? End of May, yeah. like May 24th or something around then. Yeah, right, right when Kenobi comes out. Oh, yeah. So they're dropping but, these, they're dropping them in a clump, though. Yeah, probably, because that's how Netflix does that's things. stupid. Netflix, Net, okay, maybe, I know you said we're light on news. Did you have the Netflix news in here? Okay, I didn't mention that, but we can go into I that. I feel like this is, okay, uh, I'll give the Stranger Things a broca for the trailer. Yeah, sure, broca. why not? I, I, oh, before we get off onto this other tangent, I just wanted to say uh, the guy who plays Steve, Joe Keery, I just saw he turned 30 today. <laughs> 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 is he still supposed to be in high school i think so well now that the main cat like the main kids are in high school maybe he's not but he's just like college age if nothing else <laughs> that's funny um <laughs> let's see so netflix uh they are cracking down on password sharing i'm not do you know exactly this is working i no. so I don't know if they've exactly explained how it's going to work. I don't think they've implemented anything yet, as far as I know, because I still have access to my parents' <laughs> Netflix, so it hasn't done anything yet. Um, but yeah, supposedly they they have some new way that they're going to be able to crack down on password sharing, and obviously that's made a lot of people upset because that's a big common thing with them. Which I... It's, just- it's, it's hard. I don't... I mean, this is more going into my opinion. I don't... I, I feel like that's not going to help their issue really at all. Like, I feel like the people that are, you know, sharing Netflix with other people are just not going to keep Netflix. Like, they're not going to sub. <laughs> um, So there's going to be these extra fees for every sub account or password share to make up for lost revenue. But how do you... I'm just confused. At how do you know if it's a sub account or someone's just traveling? And does that mean you can only have one profile? I I'm still confused because I yeah, that's weird. I don't. Hmm. I hadn't really read into that part of it, so I don't know. I don't know, but it just and they also hiked the prices. I get. I don't know. I I haven't. I caught up on Better Call Saul, so I re I rewatched it. And I haven't used Netflix since, so I don't know if I still have access to it, but um. I like yeah. I said I don't think it's gone into effect yet because um, I still have access to my stuff. I'm still watching Breaking Bad and everything. Okay, so um, I think this is more of something they're announcing that they're going to be doing soon, but I don't know the timetable on that. I feel like I mean they <laughs> the whole idea of how many screens you can have that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why do you need an extra level? Like if there's a 
four screen account or whatever, then you're they're paying extra for it. So if they're sharing yeah. their password for people can watch it on, on at once. So you already had the one screen account thing, so people can't share that unless they or they can't watch it at the same time if they shared their password. Well, yeah, and it's it's so weird because like if you say you go to a friend's house, they don't have Netflix and you're like, "Oh, we'll watch something on my Netflix account." And you're just like showing it while you're there, but you can't I guess do that anymore cuz <laughs> cuz it's coming from a different place. It's so strange. It's weird. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. There's been a lot of backlash over the Netflix stuff. And yeah, um, Netflix, you know, you guys aren't uh, the big bad boys, you know, on the block anymore. You got Disney Plus. You got HBO Max. You got Hulu. Yeah. You got others. I mean, honestly, Paramount Plus. We've talked about, like, how good Netflix's interface is, which it is. But aside from that, I think HBO Max is my favorite one right now. Oh, like, HBO I think has it just has content. Yeah, it has, like, I mean, obviously all of HBO's stuff, but all of Warner Bros' stuff. And they get they buy a bunch of actually good movies and TV shows aside from what they own to actually put on there. So... It's like what Netflix used to do, but now they just don't even try. And Netflix costs like twice as much as a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. So I believe, is it more than HBO Max even at this point? It might be, Um, now that you say that. And I mean, HBO Max even has an ad plan. So maybe Netflix just have a cheaper ad plan, the one screen thing. That's another part of it. Did you see that they're planning on doing an ad thing? No, I didn't. Yeah, so in addition to all of this, they're having an ad-supported plan, I think. Now, from what I... A lot of people were, like, upset about this because I think they thought that there was just going to be ads on Netflix. But from what I understand, it's just a lower-tier ad-supported kind of thing. Um, so if you're paying... what Whatever you're paying for right now for Netflix probably won't be affected unless you want to, you know, you don't want to pay as much, but... Yeah, that's another thing that Netflix has announced in the last week. Well, here's the thing I don't get is why are you doing all this if you if you don't like if you're not making enough money, then why are you spending hundreds of millions of dollars on these movies that like people did not sign up for Netflix to watch The Irishman, which mm-hmm. cost them like two hundred million dollars. <laughs> like that's not a good investment. No. And I guess they were just banking on it to be like a best picture winner or something. Because why else would you spend that much money on a on a movie? I get it. It's Martin Scorsese. I'm glad it was made. I enjoyed that movie. But as a business decision, it doesn't make much sense for Netflix. I mean, aside from Stranger Things, like what IP do they have that is really like marketable and like will draw people in? Not much. Like, they have shows, they have some original shows and movies that catch on, but usually it's like a miniseries or a one-off movie, and obviously I don't think franchises are all that, you know, people should, like, be encouraged to watch, but it is what draws people in. That's, you got Star Wars and Marvel and all that with Disney+, Plus, DC and all of HBO's various things with HBO Max, like, yeah, Netflix just doesn't really have that draw anymore. No, they don't. It's really just Stranger Things. Um, and, like, I mean, me for me, I just resubscribed to Prime to rewatch The Boys because it's like The Boys is the reason I'm watching Amazon yeah. Prime. I mean, really, if we didn't do a podcast, like, I, Stranger Things, like, I'd, 
I would just wait till something else is on Netflix to watch that. I think like I'm not that hyped about it. Sure. <laughs> like I mean, I know a lot a lot of people probably are, but there's just nothing really to pull me there. I guess other than they've they have actually have a decent amount of good movies in their catalog right now, but um I don't know. It's just uh yeah, Netflix you have a great interface, but you're making a lot of weird choices. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the need to crack down on the on the password sharing if you have the limited screen options for accounts. That's yeah. the part that doesn't make sense to me because you're already charging more to use more than one screen. And I, I believe I saw this like in 2017, Netflix like encouraged password sharing. It was like, oh, <laughs> the best way to say love is or the best way to show love is to share a password, huh. which is if that's true, that's weird. And I'll look that up right now to, to verify that that's well, not fake news. In the wake of this, I don't know how much of this was after these announcements came out and how much was like like this was in res- like their announcements were in response to this, but they've lost a ton of subscribers. Like it's it is a sizable amount. It's not like they're really going to crash and burn anytime soon, but it I can't remember if it was like 20 million or even more than that. It's they have a, a large loss recently. Yeah, okay. Fortune.com wrote that earlier this year, the company also announced that it was planning on changing users or charging users who shared their passwords with people outside of their households. The company has gotten some backlash for this warning as back in 2017, it tweeted, love, quote, love is sharing a password. So <laughs> that's an oof. Yeah, that is an oof. Um. It- <laughs> I'm gonna give Netflix a bombadil for this. Like it, it yeah. It's not, I do not think this is going to work. I, uh, I don't know. Is Netflix in tr- like financial trouble, or are they just trying to grow even more? I, who knows? I mean, with how much they dump on just movies, no one watches. Like it wouldn't surprise me if you know they're in a bit of a financial stick. Probably not gonna crash anytime soon, but could be doing better they just actually have competition for once i think Mm -hmm. like all these services came out and they're like especially disney plus like i wonder how many people just dropped netflix because of disney plus like people with kids yeah yeah that's a good point i mean i like disney plus for me personally is like good for these new shows coming out and that's really about it like but yeah with families with kids that's like the go-to for just putting something on yeah and um like the other thing to think about is like you look at all the other streaming services they're they're more than just a streaming service like disney is disney apple is apple hulu is owned by disney amazon prime is literally part of the amazon so literally amazon and apple and disney like three of the largest companies in the world this is just one component of it whereas netflix netflix is just the streaming service so i don't know maybe they'll get bought out by somebody dvd rental jimmy that you can still do (laughs) they should crack down on people sharing those dvds uh yes back in the day back in the day when netflix was just the dvd rentals that's what will that's will be our old thing we'll be like i remember when netflix was dvd rentals no you you still can do it i know but like back when it was just oh yeah when it that was the big thing yeah that was the idea of it and amazon.com was a bookstore you know 
that's mm-hmm. that's us when we're old farts old and that's what we're gonna be saying <laughs> okay um so yeah bombadil netflix what are you doing <laughs> yeah netflix glad you brought that up. i i was thinking about putting that on here and i decided against it but um other news though uh sony unfortunately has uh pushed back the new spider-verse film uh from october of this year to june of next year so we're not getting across the spider-verse part one until june 2023 we are not gonna get halfway across the spider-verse until (laughs) next year and part two is coming out in March 2024, apparently. Okay, so that's not a huge gap between them. No. When was well, part yeah. two of originally going to come out, or did we not know? I think part two was coming out next year still. I think it was also similar where it was like not quite a year gap or something because they're being made together. Do we know why it was delayed or... No, as far as I know, it was just a Sony. It was like a schedule thing that people online were spotting. My guess is it's just, you know, it needs more polish or something with the animation because of how complex it is. Which, I mean, and on one hand, I'm disappointed because I was so looking forward to that. It was one of the my most anticipated of the year. But also, if it just means that it's going to look even cooler, then all for it also we got a lot of great movies coming out this year so mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of just duds crap <laughs> but uh we have a lot of good movies coming out this year so maybe it just gives me one more thing to look forward to in 2023 you know build the hype yep maybe we'll finally get that and mission impossible next year yeah um so i'll give that a bergeron i think i'll give it a bergeron as well make it the yeah. uh, polish it up uh yeah, I'm excited for it as well. Holding, it. I think it was in my. It had to have been in my most anticipated movie, movies of the year. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, the trailer for that we've gotten is not one that I'm annoyed with yet. So if we just keep getting that in the theaters, I mean, I enjoy it. So whatever. Yeah, it's got that boop boop doop boop 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 doop boop boop song. Yeah, stuck in my head. Um. And then uh, also with Sony's schedule, it was announced that the uh, Madam Web movie will be coming out July 2023. So in between Spider-Verse films. (laughs) Uh, I had forgotten uh, because I don't think we had talked about this since before Morbius came out, but it is the same writing duo behind Morbius. Madam Web? Yeah. Can they just can that movie? (laughs) (laughs) So Madam Web is going to be delayed then. Like, that's not coming out when they just said it was. Yeah. No, because Morbius originally came out. It was supposed to come out, like, July 2020 or whatever, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, we're not. Whatever. I can't wait to watch the Madam Web trailer for three years. I bet it'll be fantastic. Madam Web Bombadil. (laughs) Bombadil. (laughs) Um... This is also also kind of goes alongside with Netflix. Something I am eager for Netflix is that uh, it was announced this week that Jackass 4.5 is coming out on Netflix. Wow. Um, May 20th. Um, basically, so uh, for those of you who are unaware, Jackass, for I think aside from the first one, each of their movies, they have like a 0.5 version, which is it's not it's not like they just add scenes it's literally just like a new one compiled of like deleted stunts or like behind the scenes footage interviews and stuff so it's basically like a lengthy 
higher budget like special feature i guess like for like a a dvd but the other ones are like very good like there's still a lot of good stunts on those that they just you know had to cut for runtime or whatever yeah that's exciting what when is that coming to netflix did you say may 20th may 20th nice that's my last day of work oh Oh, nice um, I, I don't know why it's going to Netflix. I, I assume this is a deal made a while ago or something, because I was reading then that it's on Netflix for like a year and a half before then Paramount Plus will get it. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, it's it's just kind of weird because every even Jackass Forever is on Paramount Plus right now. So everything else is on there. <laughs> but then this, this 4.5 is coming out on Netflix, I guess. But yeah, I'm excited for it. I don't know if I'll talk about it on the podcast, but I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. All right. Nice. I'll get that uh, Broca, I guess. Yeah, Broca. Uh, and then the last piece of news I had um, was regarding, I think, the movie we're going to do next week, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Apparently, <laughs> I, I think it was the director in an interview said that they had considered if Nick Cage didn't want to accept the role of playing himself, that they were going to instead have Christian Bale or Daniel Day-Lewis play Nick Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were going to get one of them to do it. Which I think, like, I mean, obviously, I think it's fun Nick Cage is going to be, you know, playing himself, being self-aware and everything, and apparently the movie is good. But I just think it would be so funny to have, like, Daniel Day-Lewis, the serious method actor you know classically trained just going off the walls as nick cage why did i think daniel day lewis was retired i think he is okay but i think also i he may have said that he would come out if you know the right script came along which i don't feel like this would have been but (laughs) (laughs) i feel like if nick cage turns this down then probably daniel day lewis will too yeah uh (laughs) interesting story i'll give that a broca yeah broca uh that's it for me though i don't think there's any gaming stuff no gaming news all week yeah absolutely nothing nothing happened if you think something happened it didn't you're crazy uh you are making things up let's review moon knight speaking of things that are getting crazy (laughs) yeah but are they getting good will jimmy just rant again stay tuned All right, uh, Moon Knight episode four. Um, I feel like leading in with that transition. That means you didn't like this episode. Um, I thought it was fine, but going back to my complaints of other weeks, we're just getting more things thrown at us rather than like, so like anything's actually like. I guess there is more plot progression in this, but like it's just like, oh, here's another new twist. And I'm like, I didn't need another new twist. I just needed something compelling to happen. I guess, oh, he wakes up and it's completely different, I guess is cool. But it's obviously that the place where he wakes up, there's there's not going to be an actual kind of mental institution uh, where the, it's just decorated with <laughs> ancient Egyptian stuff. So clearly it's not reality. Um there's definitely a third personality in in the, that's all I got. Yeah, say. I mean, like, there's the, there's that other sarcophagus that was moving. There's the other sarcophagus. Um, I want to. I mean, s- in the 
last episode you had Mark blacking out, but then uh, uh, what's the other one's name? Steven. <laughs> Steven. You had Steven that was like, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Which yeah, that's, feel that like was Steven another was thing. The truth. Yeah, and but. then um, what else? Uh, I may, Maybe the, the third character the third personality created this jail inside the body and the brain or whatever and now we're gonna see him occupying mark slash steven slash oscar isaac right now yeah i could see that happening and especially with i mean it's it's hinted at that this one is like is brutal i mean with the at least in the last episode it was mark would always wake up after just like a bunch of people have been killed so i i mean wouldn't surprise me if you know this third personality manages to take out most of harrow's men and escape and this third one is definitely the one that killed layla's dad (laughs) like (laughs) if those things are if if there's not a third personality and the third personality did not kill layla's dad i will you can have the five UN bill back, Colin, because that is definitely where this is going. I actually might. I mean, I obviously I agree about the third personality, but I I don't know about the. Well, he's like, oh, I dad. was there. I brought them to your dad. I'm like, it's it's the other personality that you just haven't mentioned. Well, but I like, was there when it happened. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're it. saying. I understand what you're saying, but I don't know, Mark at least so far has not seemed aware that there's a third one yeah Mm. he's also just a liar (laughs) this is true yeah (laughs) i so i i'm just sticking my 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 flag there i'm planting it there uh and that's what's gonna happen um we have been mainly theorizing than actually reviewing so (laughs) i guess what did you what did you think of this episode holden um, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, I enjoyed it. I There were more plot progression, like you had said. I thought it was a fun balance. I liked the tomb raiding aspects of it. I thought it was, was fun. It did feel like they were exploring this ancient tomb and, you know, just discovering all these little things. The tomb looked great, by the way. The, yeah. That, that main chamber with Alexander the Great. And as soon as he said, oh, this is Macedonian, I'm like, oh, it's the lost tomb of Alexander the Great. Uh, that was a great bit too that he's like I don't want to open the sarcophagus this is like the greatest archaeological <laughs> find uh, one of them anyways of all time and now I'm just gonna have to open it and like he just defiles Alexander the Great's <laughs> mummy um, which I was like I was cringing so hard not because it was gross but just because of you know defiling this ancient long lost thing it was so funny yeah that was i'm like i don't know if i could do that even if i thought like the world was in danger i i I don't i would be like this is too important historically (laughs) um but i am a nerd so uh it's interesting that i guess alexander the great was just a bad guy then (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i guess i mean he did he was not a flawless conqueror guy i mean i don't think he can be a really a conqueror and be considered a great person but i don't know compared to other world conquerors he's he's not the worst one so uh, <laughs> i don't know it's just an interesting thing uh interesting Jimmy's the history buff i don't know a ton about alexander the great he, well he so he mainly was like he would conquer people he was like oh i'll free you from those oppression oppressive persians but you know the persians were all right too they were they were pretty advanced and um 
Uh, there was one place, I think it was called Tear, that he kind of destroyed, and that was probably the worst thing he did as a person. But mainly, he's like, yeah, you can believe whatever you want. I don't really care. Just let us have some of your money, and we're going to rob you a little bit, but we're not going to really hurt you. <laughs> so, I mean, nice. compared to, like, Hitler and Genghis Khan, well, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> other conquerors, not the worst guy. Um, very charismatic, and then he just gets the flu or something. Uh, so... Yeah, he had he had a cool horse, so uh, very <laughs> cool looking to, tomb. So there's yeah. that. Yeah, I thought the tomb was great. Um, the fact that you know, Mark slash Stephen fell into gross tomb water. <laughs> How long has that water just been down there? Oh yeah, Disgusting. that is nasty. Um, that was a nice transition between the water and the. Oh yeah, that was so. I mean, it was just the way they you know mask the aspect ratio change and everything that was so cool yeah so um yeah um (laughs) kind of following from loki uh, marvel has a way of just creating with these shows some of the weirdest romantic like situations (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean i we both thought it worked well in Loki and I think it's working all right here too. It's still just very strange. Cause it's like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, technically she's Mark's wife, not Steven's. And now there's like romantic things between Steven and Layla. And it's very odd. I mean, I think they're cute. I think they've got good chemistry together. Um, I'm interested to see where that conflict kind of leads, but yeah it doesn't it also doesn't seem like stereotypically like mark's just angry with steven mark seems more just disappointed in himself like he realizes he's like has not handled that relationship well and kind of recognizes that you know i mean obviously he's upset but it's not just angry at steven yeah so um let's see things i had a problem with Okay, they go into the tomb and there's like, oh, this is there's six different pathways. He's like, oh, it's the Eye of Horus. How are you? How the heck would he know that? <laughs> like, like, oh, there's just six different passages we could go down. This is definitely the Eye of Horus. This very complicated shape that, not having just been in this one antechamber, I can tell that just from you saying that. I'm like that okay that does not make yeah. any sense i didn't really understand that either but i did think it was yeah um kind of funny i i don't understand why arthur leaves the tomb ever <laughs> like harrow like why is he not just in the tomb he's got like his goons like trying to find a way to the the place where the alexander the great's sarcophagus is mm-hmm. and they somehow just don't find it and they're fighting things off that we just never see okay i don't understand why he went after them at that one guy's place who had the other sarcophagus with the map on it and then when he walks into the sarcophagus room where alexander the great's body is he's following the compass so i'm like why didn't he just follow the compass the whole time it's just little (laughs) things like it's like that doesn't make any sense why he left there how he knows this whole tomb is like this you have the whole trope where it's the actors are just whispering and they can somehow hear each other from across a chasm. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is not real. Yeah. I noticed that too. Cause like when, you know, 
when Arthur first brings up the fact that Mark or whoever killed her dad, like when he first says that, he doesn't say it very loud, and she's already gone like around the corner. Yeah, she's around leave. the corner. Like, <laughs> there's no way she would have heard that. Um, I thought I was almost like waiting. I, like, it would have been kind of dumb for the moment, but it would have made more sense if it had like a Marvel joke where it was just like Layla doesn't come back, and he's just like, "Oh, I guess she didn't hear me." <laughs> like, it would have been funnier. Um, I don't know. Uh. There's another thing. Let's see here. I guess maybe Arthur could have killed Layla's dad somehow through some sort of weird thing. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they're not going to go that route. I don't, Arthur hasn't really been that evil, though. <laughs> like, I, he's just been like, oh, do you get to, are you pure of heart, according to Amit? You, nope, you're not. I guess you died. That's too bad. Yeah, it's, it is weird. I mean,. I don't know. I feel like he has to do something more drastic in these last couple episodes. Yeah, he's got to blow up an orphanage or something. <laughs> um, Maybe nothing like that, but... Yeah, I just am like, what is what is going on here? Uh, they're just mummifying people alive, and they don't explain why that's happening. So there's just another thing to think about, I guess. Again, there's just random things going on. And then and then they're like, oh well, now you're actually insane, and you're in a mental hospital, and Arthur Harrow's your psychiatrist. Okay, uh, yeah, it reminded me a lot of Legion, the show Legion. Um, I've heard that. I have not seen the show Legion, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I like that idea. I almost kind of wish that the episode ended like that. Like it was more of a cliffhanger. Yeah, as it kept going crazy. On. It kept going on. I was surprised by that. Yeah, which I mean is fine. That's even if they left it at a cliffhanger. I mean, that's probably where it was all gonna go and everything. But it was just it was an interesting choice not to end it right when he wakes up in the hospital. But yeah, um, it's the whole thing of is the main character crazy? Has all the stuff you've been watching for three and a half three and a half episodes just all in their head i'm like oh no it's not and if it is <laughs> that's just really dumb <laughs> so yeah i don't know. I, I think comparing it to legion again i think that's something legion does well is because from the beginning he's like in a mental mental institution and yeah there so you go. I there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of questions there at the beginning um hippo god what's the hippo god you you know the gods i think it's something about fertility um i don't remember her name (laughs) i uh, okay there's a hippo goddess now all right (laughs) i don't know i just i don't really like this show like the show lost me i should like it it's a really cool character who has cool abilities you have this like uh split personality interesting going on i think that could create a really great dynamic and it's all this ancient egyptian mythology and it's just not working for me right now i still quite enjoy it i mean it's obviously it's not a loki level for me it's probably about on par with wandavision for me yeah that's what i would say 
Um, I think WandaVision, I, the story builds more naturally, though. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess it's hard to judge it since it's not over yet. But WandaVision had, like, WandaVision had, like, weird filler episodes that just, like, nothing really happened. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, WandaVision's not great throughout. And WandaVision uh, starts out really slow, too. Like, it takes three episodes for really anything to happen. That's true. I'll give you that. I I do think Loki is by far the best MCU show right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I, I just... It's too bad. I really enjoyed the first episode and the second half of the second episode of this show, this series. And I just, I don't really care about what's happening right now. And it looks great. The music is awesome for the most part. And uh, the end credits are cool. And there are mm-hmm. bits of things that I like. It's just like, I don't know. I think it's the, like, they just... I even heard this on, uh, normally I don't listen to what other people have to say, but for some of these MCU shows, I'm like, I got to remember what happened. <laughs> so I'll listen to what other people say. Um, and like, it was funny cause I think I brought this up in an old review, but I listened to the podcast nerd soup and they're kind of in the middle on this podcast too, or on this uh, series too. Um, and I just listened to their review of the fourth episode this morning and they talked about how it was like, there are too many mystery boxes. And I like, I had said that kind of in a vacuum, I think last week or two weeks ago. Where it's like, there's just like, oh, here's another thing. What's going on there? And the, I don't like, and I'm not a person that like needs constant answers. I mean, like I liked the, the ending of Lost. Okay. Not everything has to end satisfyingly for me, but there has to be something else that I'm latching on to that's just exceptional. And I don't, there's nothing else exceptional going on here that at least that I'm really attaching to, to keep me invested in the show. Other than maybe just like I'm interested in what they do with the mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then at this point, like I don't think they've built up the other gods enough outside of Kanchu to do anything interesting or or satisfying with them. They're, I mean, like, I guess we could talk about how Kanchu's in a room with a bunch of other gods. So oh. little stone figures. Yeah, little little rock guys. Little rock guys, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the, the shop D dolls. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they're called. Also, I swear mummification starts with them taking out the brain and they keep cutting people open first. So I could be wrong, but I swear. And I believe that he said that in the first episode when they're looking at the sarcophagus, like, oh yeah, when they start mummification, they go up the brain. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Let me look it up. The mummification <laughs> process. Uh, I do like the, like, it's still not R-rated kind of thing, but the show has a lot more just, like, gruesome elements to it. I mean, you have, like, these blood-covered, like, sacrificial tables or whatever in here, and with, like, little bits of, like, skin. Well, and the bit where he's, uh, the creature thing is like mummifying that guy you literally see like pieces of skin fall off like it's it yeah. just I, I I enjoy that element that more mature element of this show um okay here's what I found so when you first pull it up on google it says mylearning.org says insert a hook through a hole near the nose and pull out part of the brain uh, if you go to the yeah. smithsonian 
It says the first step in the process was the removal of all internal parts that might decay rapidly. The next sentence is the brain was removed carefully, removed by carefully inserting special hooked instruments up through the nostrils in order to pull out bits of brain tissue. Okay. Oh, then it says the embalmers then removed other organisms or the uh, organs in the abdomen and chest through a cut they made on the left side of the abdomen, which there we go, which I believe the guy in this cut him right down the middle. So historically inaccurate. Uh, two out of ten. Just kidding. I'm going to give the episode a seven because I thought it was better and I, th- oh, wow. I really liked um, elements of it. I just, it's not, it's not above that for me though. And it's hard to gauge everything since there are so many mysteries that um, I, I need to know how it ends. I feel like, you know, it's like this could be a show where I'm like, at, after the ending, you know what? Oh, you know, that was actually pretty good. I could go up to an 8 out of 10, depending on the ending. If it's that satisfying and everything really comes well together. Or it could be like, oh, you know, this really didn't land. It's like more of a, a 4 or 5 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, for me, the show is it, it is disjointed. I'm I'm still enjoying it though, um, more so than you are. The I mean, yeah, the issue is, is that the Marvel show finales haven't had a great track record. They've always been like among the weakest parts of the show, even with Loki. So actually, I'm switching uh, to six, six out of ten. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. I think seven and a half for me. What else happened in this episode? I feel like there's a. They hide the, the beginning. She's hiding in the the truck or car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They walk on foot to the tomb. I still I don't understand why Arthur is not always at the tomb. <laughs> that like I don't. Maybe I miss something. I don't feel like that's explained well. He's gotta go get a snack to eat, you know, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and they again they haven't explained who he's fighting off um well let's see uh maybe i mean uh, another thing that i i thought was interesting that the the nerd soup podcast mentioned was how, how like there don't seem to be as many like clues as to what we could be building to it's all just almost like feels really random and out of the blue so maybe that's why it's not very satisfying to me in terms of the plot progression because it seems like these mysteries kind of come out of nowhere rather than naturally arise of oh i don't know what's going to happen next or a couple of these things could happen and either one's going to have a compelling outcome it's like i literally i do not know what's going to happen next other than there's going to be a third personality that killed uh, the dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know is that you think that's a fair assessment to make uh yeah i guess i don't know i I don't know (laughs) i guess i hadn't really thought about that too much i'd have to think about that see if i could think of any clues or whatever yeah i I think it just goes back to looking at it that way i think it just goes back to it being so disjointed like it just has not felt like a cohesive thing that's going from start to finish it's like start stop start stop start stop oh another thing that bothered me was this was the whole trope of, oh, we're in a hurry. We got to hurry to do this thing. We got to hurry and stop Arthur Harrow. And then it's all like, let's stop and talk about all our problems. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is like, they, it, they're they professionals. They've gone through this before. They would do the mission, then talk about it. At least from what I understand about these characters. Yeah, you're probably right. 
Yeah. And then, oh, I'm going to sit here and listen to what Arthur Harrow has to say. He's not going to try to manipulate me. Rather than, I'm going to go help <laughs> Steven get the thing that we're here for. I guess maybe unless she's like, I'm stalling him or something. But he's got a bunch I of had, goons, so I don't know. I had to rewatch that scene where Arthur comes into the the uh, room with the sarcophagus because I didn't like I missed a like a shot where Layla like ran away to like find an exit. So I just like I just saw it and I was like, oh, Layla's not there anymore. <laughs> I didn't understand, but yeah, yeah. Uh, well. Uh, We'll see. Also, I'm like, he found the thing. Just, can you just break it? <laughs> I don't know. Could he have shoved it up his bum? I don't know, Jimmy. You're the you're the master of this kind of stuff. Shouldn't you know how to let a god out of a little rock figure? Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing in the actual Egyptian mythology. But uh, I was like, you could throw it in that chasm. You could break it. Probably not just stand there holding it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't throw it in the chasm because what if it doesn't break and then you don't get it back? Well, you don't want to get it back. That's kind of the whole idea, right? <laughs> like, they don't need it for anything. They're just oh, trying to keep it mean, from Arthur. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Steven should have... Th- okay. For some reason, I was thinking you were talking about Arthur. <laughs> no, I'm like, they don't need it. So they don't need to keep hold of it. They just need to get rid of it. Bring it to the, the Mount Doom. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, just get rid of that sucker. So, yeah. That's, I think that's I said I, all I want to say about this episode. Yeah, I, we talked about it longer than I thought. I kind of ranted. I like this episode more than the last one. I'm, I, the whole, is the character insane, not insane trope. You know me holding that one. Just, I don't like that trope very much. Especially when they introduce it halfway through the show. <laughs> or over halfway i mean there has been the insane not insane but like the whole he's actually in a mental institution and this is all in his head deal um it's not and if it is again very dumb unless they somehow can execute it well but i'm skeptical all right i really want it to end well though because we could have some cool stuff there's a lot of room yeah. for cool visuals cool choreography i'm rooting for it hold on if it sticks to landing it could uh redeem itself but uh, so far, yeah. we'll just see. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the Northmen. All right. Uh, the Northmen. Uh, it is the newest film from Robert Eggers, the director of The Witch and the Lighthouse. Um we did the lighthouse on this podcast right jimmy we did i think we also we didn't officially review the witch but i had watched it one week and then we had like a a prolonged discussion about it so it wasn't like our formal non-spoiler spoiler review but it was like a discussion of it i cannot remember if that's a movie i like or i don't like (laughs) i i don't i know you don't like it (laughs) i don't remember i think it was one of those maybe like i liked it didn't love it but i thought it was very well done yeah um, and the lighthouse, I think, for both of us was a movie we both recognize as very good, but we don't like. We never really want to go back and see it again. It's just like very slow. Um, uh, it was not my favorite movie. I thought it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of it's one of my cousin Nick's favorite movies ever. 
Um, So he was very excited about the Northmen. I loved the Northmen, Holden. This is easily my favorite Robert Eggers movie. And I I believe it's my favorite movie of the year so far, too. Uh, I think I do like Everything Everywhere still more. I I feel like maybe just thinking about it from a perspective of rewatchability, I feel like I would sooner go back to that one. Um, But... Yeah, I mean they're they're neck and neck for me. Both movies are, are fantastic. This movie, what a what a good two weeks in a row. I was gonna um, say the back to back punch, the one two duo here, uh, the no, one two punch, back to back. I don't know. One two punch is definitely the saying. Um, yeah. The yeah, great. It reminds me of when we watched uh, Minari and Nomadland last year back to back yeah both of those movies a lot um and i was thinking i mean this is before we did the podcast but this was similar to the time where within the same week i watched uh sorry to bother you and mission impossible fallout like (laughs) yeah which were my two favorite films of that year so yeah yeah so this movie was incredible uh this is the way i would describe this movie it to me like to encapsulate my thoughts about it is like it was like the green knight only it was way more interesting and entertaining uh very (laughs) similar like stylistically where it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of mysticism and uh like magic mythology sort of stuff going on very pretty landscape slow burn but this like the story and the characters at the heart of it, I just thought were way more interesting. I thought it was so much better paced. It was a slow burn, but I was never bored. Like something interesting was always happening. Mm -hmm. I really liked the performances. Alexander Skarsgård is a specimen. That man is jacked. (laughs) Like he had muscles I didn't even know existed. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mean, quite quite a wonder <laughs> like, uh, that man is chiseled um and the whole yeah. thing builds to such a satisfying conclusion mm-hmm. um i guess we should say synopsis wise is like you said holden i didn't know this until you mentioned it going into the film that this is this movie is based off the legend that inspired hamlet by shakespeare mm-hmm. and it like if you know the story As opposed to hamlet by uh Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is why I only talk to you once a week, Colton. <laughs> uh, but uh, well, now I lost my train of thought. So, I mean, I was going to say, if you know the, the the story of Hamlet, that's the story of this movie. You get a revenge quest. This is not a spoiler because it's literally in the trailers. It's the inciting incident kind of of Hamlet as a story. But the father figure dies and the uncle kind of takes the the queen as his wife and this whole revenge quest by Hamlet. Or is, is it like, is it omelet in this or ham? Omelet, I think. Omelet. Omelet. Ham and cheese uh, is going after Fjolner, uh, who is the uncle in this story, uh, as in a revenge quest. But it's so much more interesting than that, I guess. Like, it is a very simple plot when you put it that way. And mm-hmm. I love how it just builds the whole time. Like it's constantly this plan, this execution of this plan to do this revenge thing. And it's like um, 
Alexander Skarsgård's character is really intelligent in addition to really strong. So I I love that aspect about it. Like there was nothing that reckless that mm-hmm. he did. So it was just a really smart thing. Meanwhile, Fjorn, Fjolnir is also very smart. Yeah. Um, like, on, like this is what Hamlet, whatever iteration you want to describe. This is my favorite version of it. A story that I do enjoy. Um, what about the Lion King, Jimmy? <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Holden. <laughs> uh, Lion King is inspired by Hamlet. It is not an adaptation of Hamlet. There's not enough in common, in my opinion. Uh, but man, this was great. And and this is a kind of comparing it to West Side Story, which is uh, an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. I didn't enjoy that movie because I knew where it was going. And I, I had a good idea of where this was going because of the story of Hamlet, but I still enjoyed the journey from A to B, whereas I didn't enjoy the journey as much in West Side Story because I was like, okay, let's just get to the inevitable. I didn't think that journey was as interesting. I, well, I'm not uh, sure exactly why since that's a movie that we saw several months ago, but this was like I was just hooked the whole time. And I, even though I knew where it was going and I had a really good idea of how it was going to end, I was just enamored by seeing it get there. And I was just, it was awesome. And they build up this whole thing <laughs> throughout the movie for the final act. And I'm like, if this doesn't happen in the final act, that is just the biggest tease of all time. And it does. And it's glorious. It is amazing. And it's yeah. they don't it doesn't overstay its welcome. It is just awesome. This scene at the end of the movie that's just awesome. It uh, gets my Revenge of the Sith itching. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, spoilers. It is perfection. That is not a spoiler. <laughs> I just I just vaguely referenced Revenge of the Sith. And they yeah. don't even they're not even that similar other than just kind of the vibe. Um Plot Yeah, wise. I mean for me, I West Side Story, I still really enjoyed the journey and I hadn't even really thought about it till you just compared them, but considering the fact that two of my favorite films in the last six months are vaguely Shakespeare related <laughs> is insane. Cause I am not a big Shakespeare fan. Um, but yeah, I mean this movie visually, if you're familiar with Robert Eggers other work, it, I mean, it's no surprise that it, it looks fantastic. Um, it's wow. much more like cinematic quote unquote in terms of its scale and everything. It feels much more like a high budget, you know, action movie with Robert Eggers edge to it with his taste for like historical weird, you know, um, having some magical realism in there. Uh, you were comparing this to green Knight, And I think one of the other differences is green Knight is like, straight up fantastical and this movie is more like like maybe it's maybe there's magic maybe it's magical kind of thing maybe it's like just all interpreted it's very strange it's uh, a it's a lower fantasy yeah uh they establish early on that i mean there are like hallucinogenics and stuff in this world that these characters do consume and everything so it's 
it's hard to tell what of like the weird magical things are real. I mean, some of them are pretty obviously not real, but um, yeah, it, it is a lot more grounded than the Green Knight is. Um, not that that's an issue with the Green Knight, but it's kind of similar, I guess, in that way to like the lighthouse and, you know, even the witch to a degree where those movies, there's just these elements of magic and weird fantasy that you can't really tell how much of it is real for a lot of the runtime. The witch is a bit different because it becomes more obvious towards the end. But, um, yeah, I, I just realized that this is his first feature film. That's not a four by three aspect ratio. I can't remember if it was the full, cinematic aspect ratio or I if didn't it even was. realize the witch is four by three i believe it is you could be right i don't know i haven't seen that movie in a while yeah i don't know uh, maybe it's not maybe i'm just making a false uh assumption here I, I thought it was but um all three of his movies are gorgeous i think this is the best looking one uh the yeah there this is not an action movie but the action in this movie is 10 out of 10. Like it is just the epitome of amazing yeah. action. It is shot beautifully. So whenever I talk about how Moon Knight is the epitome of average, it's just like, okay, well, here's your example of phenomenal where well, the yeah, action is I, not <laughs> cut up. It is just allowed to breathe. The set pieces are incredible. The, the uh, uh, how everything is choreographed. The synchronicity of everything, unbelievable filmmaking. It's gorgeous. It's so effective. It is yeah. amazing. I do. I, I personally, I feel that's a little unfair for a comparison. I don't think any Marvel movie has been on this level. Like even m- with movies with you know better like Shang Chi and whatever. Like none of those movies have had this amount of just you know long takes of just like sometimes going on for you know five minutes at a time or so and not that everything needs to be that but i mean like well that's that's exactly what i'm saying is i think like moon knight you know it doesn't need to be compared to this and like oh you know moon knight's fight is bad because it's not you know this good (laughs) i well clearly this is better well it is better i'm just saying i don't like comparing it and just saying like oh moon knight is you know bad because it's not on northman's level or whatever it's i don't know i think it's unfair because it's like you know going for different things and not every movie should be held to that standard i said i didn't say moon knight was bad i said it was average (laughs) and i said but you have this it Mm -hmm. and people other people were saying it was good you were saying oh it's good i'm like it's average here's the definition of really good and i talked about shang chi and now i'm talking about this i didn't say it was bad i said it was average okay okay settle down (laughs) i'm settled down jimmy um yeah i'm trying to i I didn't realize that moon knight would just get me riled up so much (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. It's not anywhere close to the worst thing we've seen. Yeah. Um The Northmen. Uh, other things. Anya Taylor Joy. Great. She's yeah, not very good. She's I always for she's got I always forget- a significant part, but it's not like she's she doesn't I don't does she talk that much? Maybe I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think she talks yeah, quite she a does. bit. She usually talks when she's on screen. Okay. Um 
I always forget that her first film role was in The Witch. So this is... And that was only like seven years ago. She's only been the Hollywood star for like a relatively short amount of time. That is her first one? Yeah. Okay, I was trying to remember if that were the... Or um, uh, Split. Yeah. No, that that came out a year or two before Split. Because I always... I'm like... I remember her as being the girl in The Witch and then the girl in Split. I'm like, oh, the girl... So that is right. I couldn't remember what the order was for that. Yeah. I knew it was one of her first. Um, yeah. She's very good. Again, Alexander Skarsgård, Skarsgård's great. The guy who plays Fjolnir is great. <laughs> there, there were a long time of this movie. I was like, this could have been just Nikolai Kostrualdo, Jamie Lannister against... Yeah, f- uh, for... Um, I think it's Rory McCann or something who plays the Hound in Game of Thrones. Those it it literally could have been those two actors, <laughs> like. Uh, but but the the cast that they did have was excellent. So well, and then I uh, I met we talked. I like mentioned that there's one shot like towards the very climax of the movie where you know Alexander Skarsgård looked a lot like Jamie Lannister when he's you know getting all dirty like mid season three. I thought, three I or thought whatever. he looked like that for a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um let's see. Um why is Bill Skarsgard's in this movie? I did not notice him in the cast list. That's what it says. I did not notice maybe him. Maybe he's like maybe he's oh I guess spoilers, never mind. Yeah. Uh he's the mocap character. <laughs> okay. Um let's see. Yeah, Jack Walsh. Who played? No, who played Fielner? I'm not seeing it on here. Uh, anywho, he was good. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Also, everybody was good, in my opinion. At, after you mentioned that, after the movie, I had said something about that. The there's one scene where they're playing a game in this, where I thought the guy was the mountain, and he is the mountain. He was the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at the cast list before this, and I was like, oh, I recognize that name, and yeah, it's the mountain. It was the mountain. So. <laughs> uh yeah the uh willem defoe's great too nicole kidman's great ethan hawk is good as the father figure at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. uh, really the kid version of uh, alexander scar Skarsgård omelet uh was great as well yeah uh everybody was awesome there's like there's a decent amount of just like comedy in this too I guess. oh yeah um for, and it is epic this movie is epic uh this and uh, everything everywhere are both great for different reasons, and I love both of them. And I'm just yeah, it's a good time to be a film fan. They, I mean, they serve very different purposes. But I, what I think is interesting about both of them is they're both like these huge, incredibly well-made movies, and I think they're both pretty easy crowd pleasers too. More so, everything everywhere. But this one, I get, I've gotten the sense from kind of looking online that even you know people who aren't film fans you'll they'll go into this and just enjoy it because you said not to classify it as an action movie but i feel like it has to at least partially be classified as that like with how much there is with how impressive that all is but there's a lot um, of not action too yeah like yeah over but, half the movie is just talking and scheming yeah, I mean, I feel like considering this like a historical epic action movie, something like that, like I feel that is a uh, an apt description. One thing I do 
really appreciate about this movie is whereas the lighthouse the dialogue was <laughs> like you needed subtitles and still <laughs> it was like what are they talking about it was like inaccessible at times this is like very shakespearean but i always knew what they were talking about like yep. i always was aware but it was written in like the shakespearean style i could understand what they were saying even though it was like whispers and and very quiet like that and yeah it wasn't the lighthouse or the tragedy of macbeth where either they have a very thick accent or just literal shakespearean dialogue it was this perfect balance of that and it matched everything perfectly it this one just like just was awesome everything about it there was literally like i don't know if there's like something i would even <laughs> knock this movie for like i re- enjoyed every aspect of it yeah me too i um i feel like there was one thing even the font is the great <laughs> the what even the font is great yeah the font is great the little i also like the little chapter transitions mm-hmm. which initially i thought were just location like it, they were it was at first those bits were just talking about what location they were in so i was like oh this is just like yeah. how they're going to tell us but um yeah i can't remember what the complaint i had was during the movie apparently it wasn't big enough for it to sit with me so won't hold it against it uh there's this is very nitpicky. There is a scene where there's a piece of action that happens towards one character, and I wasn't fully sure of what happened until the next scene. Like I was like, I didn't recognize. I I, I didn't think we gave enough time to breathe to recognize who the character was as it was happening. And then like the next mm. scene or a couple scenes down, I'm like, okay, it was that person. That's who I thought it was. Wasn't sure. Um, that could have just been know. me. You, yeah, you might have to mention that in spoilers because I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. But otherwise, I mean, that's the most nitpicky thing. Um, I would rewatch this one too. Um, I think this I is too. more crowd please. I don't know. I I don't agree that everybody's gonna like everything everywhere and this movie. I think that people would maybe see that think this movie's boring. I think some people will think everywhere, everything everywhere is too weird. Uh, so I don't know if well, they're that crowd pleasing. I think they're like I mean, film yeah, fan not, pleasing. It's not like a Marvel movie or anything like that level of pleasing. But I just feel like both of those movies are so accessible and like have enough going on visually and f- just from a relative entertainment perspective. I think both are... Yeah, they're not going to have everyone like it, but I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And a lot of people who don't typically, you know, go to an A24 movie and enjoy whatever they have to offer. Both movies also... Oh, no, this one's Focus. Yeah, I, I was like, I totally walked into this movie thinking it was A24 and it's Focus features. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's folk. Yeah. And Regency and all that. Which, this is his first movie, Robert Eggers, right? Not with A24. I think so, so yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah, uh, awesome. Also, I do want to say, uh, personally, I do not like historical epics, but I loved this, so take that for what you will. <laughs> Why don't you like historical epics? What else? I just typically think they're, like, boring. I don't know. Usually there's just nothing going on, or it's, like, a, of a story I already know everything about, or a lot about, so I'm just like, oh, what's up the point of this? And usually they're really slow. Do you have an example of one that you don't like? Um... 
I mean, I know this isn't like, oh, well, I guess this counts as an epic. It's not like historical truth, but like Gladiator. I don't like Gladiator. I haven't seen that. I almost watched that last night. Yeah, okay. Because I just I thought about Gladiators last week. I mean, there's aspects of Gladiator I like, but yeah, it's the, mostly I think that movie's pretty boring. <laughs> so, wow. All right, shall we give our ratings and then go into spoilers? Sure. Well, mine's a ten because I just love this. Yeah, I think I'll give this a ten too. That's fine for me. Awesome. The effects are good too. So just yeah. throw that out there. Uh, yeah. Let's go into spoilers. Jimmy, I just want to mention that not accounting for marketing or anything, this movie had around the same budget as Morbius. That's sad, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Very nice. 70 to 90 million. This is a great looking movie for that budget. Yeah, it is. Um, The part that I was a little confused about was I wasn't sure that when he killed the oldest brother... I wasn't sure that was him. I was like, I thought that was the oldest brother, but he kind of kills him in his sleep and it's dark. And then then they have his funeral. I'm like, okay, it was him. When you mentioned that, I was like racking my brain trying to think of what you meant. And I did, I was like, okay, he probably means that scene. Yeah. I don't know. I never, I didn't have any issue figuring out that's who that is. It was, but. I was like pretty sure. I was like, I'm like 75% sure that's who it was, but I'm not certain so i'm and then they like touched on it like the a scene or two later so i was like okay sure um yeah we that uh berserker action sequence where he's uh the first time you really see a the adult omelette uh and alexander skarsgård Oh, that yeah. sequence where the norwegian berserkers they're famous uh warriors who kind of just like get super amped up on adrenaline before they go into battle and it was just like the testosterone is flowing and them going and he just catches the the javelin and hurls it back and which we had seen in the trailer yeah Uh, and they just barge in that beautiful shot uh just the cruelty and uh of the of the kind of those norse warriors yeah and then just ransack this village and pillage it that whole beginning part of um uh adult amlet uh before he or i guess aside from like the action perspective it reminded me a lot of the movie come and see which i've talked about on this podcast before um belarusian war movie from the 80s i believe but that movie just like has this whole like aspect i mean it's basically all about like how terrible war can be and there's and it's very beautifully long shots long takes um and just the whole aspects of them like throwing them into like burning buildings i was like okay you know robert eggers has watched that movie i see his influences here yeah that movie is a lot more depressing than this is though so Yeah, uh, that sequence is just like the standout one that I'm like, I could just watch this again on loop and just dissect things. I'm guessing I missed things that were happening in the background throughout it too. And 
just to know the filmmaking of it. I know there's like a behind the scenes behind the scenes thing on like IGN or something that I put on my watch later. I haven't seen it yet. Um, so I got to check that out. But I just it was awesome. We haven't even mentioned Willem Dafoe as like we did briefly. We did. Okay. He's we, like, when we talked about performances, we said Willem Dafoe is the but. jester. He's not in it a ton. When the <laughs> in the beginning of the movie when they're running around barking. And Willem Def- and it's just all these close-ups on Willem Dafoe. I'm like, I don't know that this, if this is gonna be for me. And uh, <laughs> there, it really uh, was great from then on. Yeah, I mean, I thought that whole that scene was really funny, but it definitely gave off vibes of like the Green Knight or something, where it was very. It, it, it's I wasn't sure how much of it I was supposed to be taking literally. Turns out all of it, I think, at least that scene, pretty much, but. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, also, Robert Eggers nailing fart jokes, <laughs> like he did in the lighthouse. Just very good at that. Forgot about the fart joke. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, I love how and uh, how like yes, Omelet is the protagonist, but he's not necessarily the good guy, mm-hmm. and none of them are really good guys and none of them are fully bad guys either um yeah like i love how he has this child like um kind of rose tinted glasses about his parents and their relationship and what happened and he's like my father was this honorable man who was betrayed by his brother and his and his queen was taken from him against her will and then he finds out that you know, Fjolnir's not the worst guy. He probably treats uh, Nicole Kidman's character better than Ethan Hawke did. Uh, yeah. he. I mean, he does own slaves, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just, like, how this whole revenge quest is, you know, the kind of the trope of revenge kind of destroys everything in its path. I played The Last of Us too, so I, I learned that lesson. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, you know what? I was thinking that when I was watching the movie, like the the way the ending plays out and everything, it reminded me a lot of Last of Us too. Just how much revenge will drive you. The fact that you know he leaves Anya Taylor Joy's character to you know do something that he feels like he has to finish, and yeah, felt very. I don't. I don't think it's based anywhere around last of us part two but there's a lot of no i don't think so i think that's just a hamlet thing too yeah um possibly because hamlet spoilers for hamlet but hamlet (laughs) is pursuing this revenge against polonius and everybody dies (laughs) including himself so i'm like well everybody's gonna die at the end let's see how we get there um but i mean she she got to live so there's a little bit of uh kind of optimism there and the daughter is going to be a ruler, I guess. I thought that was a girl. That was interesting. Yeah. Not exactly yeah. sure what I'm supposed to take from that. I think that I didn't really, I can't remember the name. I think that the daughter is like another character in their folklore or something. So Okay. Uh, we have a little bit of Valkyrie stuff in yeah. there. Interesting. I love the scene. Where he's taken the the sword too the oh yeah the blood whatever it's called the blood blade or not whatever it's called I yeah that fight was great 
Um, and was... then it's like, did that even happen? Because he just takes the sword from it. So I'm like, that was a nice touch. And again, he told it to kind of like, is this happening? Is it not happening? That's it. Well done. Because it could be either way. And it doesn't really matter. It's no. just your interpretation of the, the film and how mystical this world is. I mean, me personally, I feel like most of the magical elements in this are not like real. Um I think it adds a lot of character to the movie, and I'm happy they're there um, for it. Just a style standpoint, but yeah, yeah. Um, I like too. He saved the kid's life during the uh, game of field hockey, kind of. Oh yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> the mountain was just gonna murder that kid, <laughs> uh, the prince. And yeah, I mean, that scene was hilarious just because of how violent they all got. It was just everyone constantly shoving each other, knocking each other down. People definitely just died. Yeah. That boy almost died. Yeah. And then he kills them later on. So it's like, it's just like, yeah, just interesting. Mm -hmm. I like how the whole idea of having to, you're infiltrating your enemy and being very sneaky about things and uh how they're slowly chipping away at Fielner and enacting the revenge i was surprised um just how much of the movie took place at that village um i guess i don't really know what i expected but i guess just from like the trailers and the way this movie starts out i was expecting them to move around more uh, not that i care but there was quite a bit of movement at the beginning too like the beginning yeah. hour they're flying through things i was like i did not expect this to be paced this quickly it does slow down from there. yeah and i mean the the beginning part where he's a child it does last like a little bit but considering the fact that you had like ethan hawk as the dad i kind of figured there'd be more of that or i figured there'd be like flashbacks or something but no nah, when he's dead he's just <laughs> he's out of the movie yeah no right. they like they're like have the dog barking scene and then just like oh we're out in the wild and oh my gosh my dad's getting murdered <laughs> yeah <laughs> he cuts the guy's nose off all that finishes him off but cutting <laughs> that was great oh yeah uh yeah i mean the general violence in this movie is it's it's not like a slasher movie level but it is very gruesome at times and just very enjoyable yeah guy walking out with his intestines falling out yeah good touch yep. great uh i love the how just the the blade had that weird weird quirk that oh you can only unsheath it during the night yeah and I, that's one of the parts where you're kind of like oh maybe the magical elements are somewhat real because what kind of blade like in any sort of reality would have that the other thing re- related to that was like the fact that he was freed by the ravens, like yeah, or whatever, like Odin's so, ravens like, and all that. I love how it's almost like this was the retelling of the myth, rather mm-hmm. than this is what happened. It's like okay, here's how the legend goes, and some have it say this happened, some say this happened. Even the even the scenes that play out different ways, it's almost yeah. like Robert Eggers is telling us the different interpretations of the legend rather than just here's the here's one interpretation yeah um which is cool and uh everybody dies except anya taylor joy and then we have the uh do you want to talk about anything else before we go to mustafar here um I don't think so let's just go to mustafar i'm like they keep showing this volcano man if we do not have 
uh, Battle of the Heroes. <laughs> I'm the pretty end. sure. I'm pretty sure they had a shot of it in the trailer. So I was. I had no doubt it was going to go to okay. that point. I was like, this better happen. I mean, the opening shot of the movie is literally the volcano. So I believe. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if this doesn't happen, and it does, and it's not that long, but it is just awesome. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic, and I didn't. Okay. I, I did not notice this, that they were, like, naked, like, straight up naked. I didn't realize they were naked either. Yeah, but that I was seeing stuff afterwards about how that's not accident, that's not actually Alexander Skarsgård's junk, and it was all digitally, and I was like, well, you could have just, I, I did not notice anything, <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It would be very hot there. Yeah. You'd be sweating through all your clothes. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was so yeah. cool. It looked awesome too. It just visually was cool. It kind of like if they took uh, the Mustafar sequence and they combined it with like the Long Night Game of Thrones, kind of just the smoky, hazy mm-hmm. darkness, but you could actually see it. <laughs> and they mixed those two together. Yeah, that was kind of the vibe. That. It was very. Again, the action was so good. I I just taught about gladiators and the hand-to-hand combat. Or not the hand-to-hand, but the one-on-one sword. combat, sword combat yeah. with the shields and all that. And it was yeah, that, so cool. I don't know if that's how people actually fight with swords, but it was really cool to watch. The volcano scene, to me, is one of the great... is one of the big things towards me saying this is a very crowd-pleasing movie. Because, like neither the lighthouse or the witch while i do i understand they serve different purposes none of them really have that like just satisfying climactic bit and this one does and i feel like this is just something that you know someone will come to the theater sure they might be you know some people will probably be bored during some parts of this movie but they're gonna see that volcano scene and just love it yeah so awesome um, we didn't even mention uh, the really uh, creepy uh, Nicole Kidman trying to kiss Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> That's right. That scene was happening, and I'm like, are they gonna kiss? Like, yeah, there's tension there's, here. There's a lot of tension. They were getting very close. I was like, oh no. I'm like, please. Suddenly, Oedipus. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> um, and she was a morally great character too, because she's like, you kill him, I'll we can we can like we can become a thing I'm like what's <laughs> what is happening uh it's so weird and i i didn't even think about it until afterwards but in big little lies they play husband and wife interesting so so going into this so now it's even weirder for me because they're mom and son in this and i guess there's a movie where alexander skarsgård plays mr northman or something is his name I don't know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Northman. <laughs> That's just what I'll call his character in this movie. Mr. <laughs> Northman. Yeah. Mr. Northman goes to the volcano. The uh, <laughs> gates of hell with one L. Hellheim. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, he didn't have the, the whatever six different challenges or whatever it was that uh, Kratos had to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that's all I got holding. Yeah, I think that's it for me, too. Sweet. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
All right, so this week I've been getting ahead on trying to do a little bit of research for the new Nicolas Cage movie because I've heard there's a lot of references to his older stuff. Um, So I'm just watching some of his bigger movies that I haven't seen before since I'm not super well-versed. So far I've only watched two. I'm I'm planning on watching at least two or three more this week before the movie. Um, But I watched Moonstruck which is a romantic comedy um, starring Cher and Nicolas Cage. And it's very good. Um, It's a movie that to me feels like it should be a musical, especially since you have Cher in the lead. Um, It just has like the perfect setup and everything for it. Um, But apparently Cher won an Oscar for it. And I think one of the other characters won Best Supporting Actress. What year? It's, It's a... What? What year did it come out? Uh, it's the 80s, 87, I want to say. Maybe 85. I'm just kind of throwing out years. I'll look it up real quick. Um, oh, 87. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's on HBO Max. It's a very enjoyable film. It's Oh, one of the other main characters is um, the restaurant owner from... Uh, what... <laughs> Why am I uh, do the right thing? Okay, do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really, it's he's a, in it. Yep, because he's great. Do yeah. the right thing. He is. Um, yeah, and he's very. He plays like a completely different character in this, but he's still very good. Okay, because I was like, that guy was so good at do the right thing. How have I not seen him in anything else? Yeah, it's it is weird that he's not more mainstream. Um. But yeah, I'd recommend that movie. Very fun. Nicolas Cage performance is, is very interesting. And then the other one I watched is Con Air, uh, which I think is the most 90s action film I've ever seen. It's like, it, it takes bit, like elements. It feels like the 80s movies, 80s action films with Arnold Schwarzenegger were like building up to this moment. And then you have earlier, you know, action movies in the 90s adding on to it and then it just comes to this and it is just the most over-the-top wild movie Nicolas Cage playing a convict on a prison air prison transport uh John Malkovich is the villain um and he's chewing the scenery quite a bit it's it it feels like kind of a crappy diehard movie but with a lot of charm that I think sets it apart a bit so I honestly, I think if you love really funny action movies and a, a terrible Southern accent from Nicolas Cage, I think it's uh, it's worth a watch. Um, I think that's all I've watched in regards to movies. I've been watching so much Breaking Bad, Jimmy. I am on the Face Off episode right oh, now. Oh yeah, uh, so I'll probably watch that tonight. And I, I did not remember how crazy season four got like the second half. And there's just so much more I'm appreciating about the show this time around. I'm so glad I'm rewatching it. Um, I'm so tempted to watch it before better call Saul ends to rewatch yeah, it. But I mean, I, I think you should, I might just go for it, especially <laughs> if Netflix is going to take away my parents account. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Got to watch it before that happens. Um, but yeah, uh, very excited for that. I, oh, I bought, uh, Lego star Wars, Jimmy. Oh yeah. Uh, not very far. I'm still not even done with episode one. Um, you started with phantom menace, huh? 
Yeah, I wanted to play them all in chronological order. Uh, I was playing it yesterday a little bit, A New Hope, and I was on the second mission, and I got I had a mission-breaking bug happen to me at the very end of the mission. Really? I was so frustrated. The nice <laughs> thing is you get to everything you like accrued during the mission automatically saves. Oh, no nice. matter what. I just have to redo the mission. So I could speed through it, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Literally, I was done the mission it's not a particularly interesting mission you're just putting together the millennium falcon but i was literally in the last step and it just glitched and it would not let me finish what i was supposed to do and i'm like great mm-hmm. now i gotta do this again and i have not gone back to it yet but uh yeah it's like that game is massive like i have not even seen most of the game yet mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's well, already massive I uh I mean I was like looking at the planet list. I didn't realize how many are from the sequel trilogy. Like I feel like the majority of like more than just a third are from the sequel trilogy. Yeah, which is interesting cuz I like they haven't been skimping on planets mm-hmm. from when I played through the prequels. I think just there's more planets in general in the sequels, I guess, there must but be. at the same but at the same time there's a lot of them are just not very memorable so <laughs> exegol yeah yeah exegol that's one of the only ones i remembered the name you got jakku crate um i think you go to star killer base in that game actually so i don't know star killer base they got uh ak 2 is that what it's called the island oh yeah probably that's that probably one. a place i have not there's, gotten oh, sequels crate yet, so crate i said crate holden you weren't listening no i didn't hear that that's probably the most iconic sequel place right crate yeah i mean the visual even if you don't like the last jedi just the the salt plane visual is so cool yeah probably sweet um yeah just tangent there yeah i'm i'm enjoying it i'm kind of like where you were where it it kind of starts out weird and it kind of just throws you in so i'm kind of just trying to still feel my way through this um episode one isn't the most thrilling so far but i am excited to just kind of do more exploring once i unlock more characters and i did by the 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 character pass so i have Mm -hmm. mando and all of them which is fun yeah like there's still a lot of game mechanics i haven't even used (laughs) yeah <laughs> like it is such a big game so yeah um and then oh did, have you put in any of the cheat codes jimmy i have not okay apparently like you can only get the razor crest and stuff through cheat codes so huh. i got that and you can get some of the holiday special stuff from <laughs> cheat codes which is fun interesting but, um yeah, and then in addition to that, I've also been playing Bioshock Infinite, replaying that, uh, and I forgot how much of a comfort game that is for me. It is so much fun, so enjoying that. Nice. Um, You're not playing Ghost of Tsushima still. Yeah, still not. I, I am literally replaying a game I've played two or three times before. So That's probably like me with Arkham Knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, are you done? Anything else? I think so, yeah uh watching rewatching the boys it's great two episodes in so good that's just to show that stuff happens it builds on itself it goes places it's got the great twists awesome right from the start 
Yeah, it does. It re- that oak pilot is really effective. Um, I love Homelander, man. He's just such a good character. Anthony Starr. How has he not won an em- Emmy? Emmy? I don't even know if he's <laughs> been animal. nominated, which is incredible. Um, because he's amazing in that role. Uh, otherwise, watch the first. If you love him so much. Why don't you marry him, Jimmy? Shoot, you make a good point. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> uh. And then uh, Better Call Saul Holden. Watch the first two episodes of season five. Really good. Like, great start. Um, I'm surprised at how much they are including from the previous seasons into it. It does like, oh, this is a final season. It's not just we're going to progress the plot forward, but the way they bring back elements from earlier on in the show in a way that is very natural. It does not seem forced at all. And uh, just really, really good stuff already in season five. Uh, can't wait to see more. Uh, that's what I got to say about that. Game wise, play a little bit of Skywalker Saga. Otherwise, that's pretty much it. Other than a little FIFA, don't think I watched any movies. So that's where we're at. Holden, you can take us home. All right. So next week, I believe we will be doing the unbelievable weight or unbearable, unbearable weight of massive talent. It's a strange title. Uh, the Nicolas Cage one. That's what we're doing. In addition to uh, Moon Knight Episode 5. Um, and yeah, so if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by uh, sending an email to tompodcasts at gmail.com or donating to our Patreon. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty much it, Jimmy. Uh, last thing, I guess I did watch a BBC documentary called uh coliseum rome's arena of death or something you can find it like the whole thing on vimeo it's like 55 minutes uh but it's like a dramatic uh story of this story between these two gladiators that actually existed in rome they use actual historical stuff to do it but it's basically like a a tv drama it was like how'd they get footage of them yeah how'd they get footage exactly hold on well we may never know uh (laughs) It's actually pretty compelling, and the music is really good. <laughs> like, the music is epic. Um, if you want to learn about the Gladiators, I would recommend it because it's just good. It's not like, you know, it's not going to be. It's made in, like, 2003, but the effects are decent for a TV movie from 2003. And if you just want to learn more about, like, the Gladiators, it's a really cool story, and I recommend it. And the music is awesome. So there's that as well hold on that's all i got okay did you have anything else to say uh no i don't think so all right then adios pantalones love you that one movie podcast